to build, what to build. Oh, come on, Lucy. Wow, you're a builder. You're a maker. You're a... <gasps> I got it! Tool call. Hammer. Hammer. Wrench. Wrench. Drill. Drill. Great job, Kapow. Great job, Kapow. Oh, no, wait, that's me. Great job, Lucy Wow. Oh, brother. Now all we have to do is turn this thing on. Let the show begin. Oh, hi there. It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, beaming into your ears all the way from Pflugerville. Now, you might know me as Lucy Wow's sidekick, or you might know me as the inventor of Comic Cold Cuts, the only comic books printed on lunch meat. You read it, then you eat it. Pretty smart, right? <laughs> but I don't just come up with world-changing inventions. I am a world-changing invention. That's right. Lucy Wow invented me, and I invented Comic Cold Cuts. That's the circle of invention. Now. People often think in order to invent something, you need a lab and tons of tools. But sometimes the best ingredients for an invention are the things around you. Taking something and turning it into something new is called repurposing. And many great inventions were repurposed. You never know, kids. Today's garbage might just turn into tomorrow's innovation. Which brings us to today's invention. Bread clips. What's a bread clip, you might ask? Picture a loaf of bread that you buy at the store. That bread is in a plastic bag, right? Now, can you see the little piece of plastic that keeps the bag closed? It's a flat piece of plastic formed into kind of a U-shape. Well, that is a bread clip. Bread clips can be found keeping bags all over the world closed and the food within fresh. I mean, they're all around us, improving our lives, but most people don't even know what they're called. But don't worry, by the end of this podcast, you'll be a bread clip expert. Almost all bread clips are made by a single family-owned company in the USA. The company is called Quicklock, and they're based in Washington. Quicklock makes billions of these little clips a year, but while they have factories filled with bread clip making machines now, the first bread clip ever wasn't machine made. It was repurposed by a man named Floyd Paxton. Floyd Paxton grew up making things alongside his father. They found success working together producing nail machines during World War II. This father and son duo made the machines that made the nails that the US military used to make military bases around the world. And that I use for a midday snack. Nail stir fry. Yum. Anyway, the idea for the bread clip came to Lloyd in 1952 while he was on a plane coming back from a work trip. He was eating a package of complimentary nuts that the flight attendant had given him. Floyd soon was full, but the nuts were tasty and he wanted to keep them for later. The problem was that he didn't have a way to close the bag to keep those salty nuts from spilling all over. A true builder and innovator, he decided to try to fix the problem with a little bit of imagination and whatever tools he could find. He emptied his pockets and looked at what he had. He had a pen knife and a wallet full of cards. He realized that one of his credit cards had expired, which means it was destined for the trash can. But Lloyd didn't see trash. 
He saw an answer! Floyd took the knife and hand-carved the first ever bread clip out of the expired card, repurposing trash into invention. At the same time Floyd was creating the bread clip, the plastic bag was growing in popularity. Plastic was now being used to package food all over the world. But back then, everyone used twist ties to fasten these bags, and those tended to break, get lost, and weren't fast to twist open or close. Floyd's repurposed credit card was a faster, reusable solution to sealing plastic bags. Floyd knew he was onto something, so as soon as he got home, he started the Quick Lock Company. With his expertise at making machines, he was able to create a factory that made his new bag sealer, and soon, his airplane nut solution could be seen everywhere. Today, Quick Lock has factories in the US, Canada, Australia, Japan, and Ireland. Now, the modern bread clip is a far cry from the handcrafted clip that Paxton made on the plane. They're made in all sorts of colors and sizes, but none of them ever would exist if Floyd wasn't the kind of person to look at a problem and try to solve it with the things around him. And what do we call a person that sees tools where others see trash? Who repurposes what others would throw away without a thought? We call those people inventors. So get out there, kids, and see what you can make from the world around you. Who knows? That snack pack wrapper might turn into a world-changing idea. Oh, hi there. It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat, beaming into your ears all the way from Pflugerville. You might know me as Lucy Wow's sidekick, or you might know me as the creator and spokesperson of Goat Markers, the only markers that come in every color of goat and smell like a goat, too. <laughs> but did you know that I'm also an expert on the subject of invention? In fact, I don't just know about invention. I was invented. That's right. Lucy Wow invented me right here in this barn, which just goes to show Inventions come in all shapes and sizes. Today's invention is so small, it fits in the palm of your hand. But just because something is small, doesn't mean its impact can't be large. Or in this case, extra large with cheese. Yum. Look at that. Sitting on top of that tasty circle of cheese, protecting your delicious pie topping from the cardboard box above, it's a small white piece of plastic. Pizza saver. Now, a pizza saver goes by many names. A pizza table, pizza stool, pizza bone, pizza chair, or my personal favorite, dessert. Whatever you call it though, it's used to prevent the top of a food container, such as a pizza box, from collapsing in at the center and touching the food inside. A pizza saver is made of plastic and has three legs, sometimes four. They are often white, and the normal technique is to place it in the center of the pizza while it's still hot before the box lid is closed for delivery. But how did the pizza saver come to be? Well, it all started with a delivery. Pizza is one of the best foods to have delivered because it's flat and flat foods don't roll around or tip over in a car. The best way to deliver a flat pizza is in a flat box. This allows you to stack up a bunch of pizzas and feed a whole party with a single delivery. People just love to have a pizza show up at their door. Because of this, most pizza places make thousands of pizzas per day for delivery. The pizzas go quickly from the oven to the box and then into the back to a delivery person's car. 
And because they need to reach your front door hot, the pizzas are kept hot the whole time. This means that the pizza is steaming inside the box. Well, a pizza box is made of cheap cardboard. And so by the time it's placed in your hands, the box is wet from the steam and that steam soggy lid sags down towards the pizza. This means a piece of cardboard, which has not been washed, is touching your pizza when it arrives. Or even worse, the tasty toppings on your pizza become stuck to the box's roof and get ripped off the pizza when the box is opened. Talk about a pizza fail. Now, over nine billion pizzas are ordered around the world every year, which means billions of people had a chance to come up with a solution to the soggy box dilemma. A lot of people tried, but it was Carmela Vitale of Dix Hills, New York, who came up with the pizza saver we know and love. Ooh. Back in 1985, Vitale was busy being a loving mother and wife and a member of her town's city council. She didn't always have time to make dinner, so sometimes she'd order a pizza, and sometimes the pizza box would be a soggy mess. Now, Carmilla never had a career as a scientist or as an engineer, but when she decided to invent a pizza saver, something just clicked. She came up with a simple and elegant design that looked like a small table or stool, and it put everyone else's designs to shame. Carmela's was easy to use and able to resist temperatures of as high as 500 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow! Soon, her plastic saver became a standard across the United States, and pizzas were arriving in perfect condition. Her invention didn't just work. It inspired new inventions. Soon they were being repurposed by children as tables for dolls and action figures. Then seeing G.I. Joe at one of these tables inspired people to build full-sized versions. So in March 2020, Pizza Hut Hong Kong and furniture retailer IKEA created a new side table which was designed to resemble a pizza saver. It even came in a giant pizza box. Well, I don't know about you, but now I'm hungry for a flip-flop pizza. I think I'm gonna order one right now. And when it arrives, and those flip-flops are going to be sitting there on the cheese in perfect condition, it's all thanks to a pizza saver. Because of an inventor named Carmela Vitale, my day is going to be delicious. Oh, hi there. Welcome back to Pflugerville. It's me, Kapow, the mechanical pygmy goat beaming into your ears all the way from Lucy Wow's barn. You know, being Lucy Wow's sidekick is a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work. Every day is a new adventure. Luckily, I've mastered the art of the power nap, which means I still have time for projects of my own. Here, check out. <laughs> Nap. Hmm, I should probably eat another breakfast since I just woke up. I wonder if there are any books around. Oh, I'd love some poetry pancakes right now. Oh, wait, whoops, I'm podcasting. <laughs> I'll eat later. This podcast is dedicated to my favorite subject, invention. Why is invention my favorite subject? Well, because I am an invention. Just like today's subject, microwave. 
Today, there's a microwave in 90% of American homes. And they're heating everything from popcorn to pizza in a hurry. We love microwaves because they're fast and easy. But microwaves don't grow on trees or hatch from eggs. They were invented. And like so many inventions we love, they were invented by accident. So let's set our timers and get this story cooking. Percy Spencer grew up very poor in the early 1900s in the wilderness of Howland, Maine. Where Percy lived, they didn't have cars, electricity, or grocery stores. Percy had to hunt for his food and didn't get much of an education. But Percy was fascinated with how everything worked, from the way squirrels buried nuts to how local mills made flour out of grain. And so, despite the lack of schooling and technology in his childhood, Percy learned to love engineering, which is the study of using science and technology to design and build machines and structures. At 12, Percy got a job at the mill one town over. At 14, Percy got hired to install electricity at the nearby paper mill. And then, at 18, Percy joined the Navy to learn about radio technology. And all along, as he went from job to job, Percy read every book he could get his hands on to learn as much as he could. A quick side note, Percy always loved nature after his childhood was spent in the wilderness, especially his little friends, the squirrels. For all of his adult life, he would carry a peanut cluster bar in his pocket to feed them, but more on that later. After World War I, Percy landed a job at the Raytheon Manufacturing Company, where they made missiles, military training systems, and electronic warfare products. Percy became one of Raytheon's most well-valued and well-known engineers. Percy had a lot of interests, but his specialty was radar magnetrons. A radar magnetron is a sort of electronic whistle that instead of creating a sound, creates vibrating electromagnetic waves. Percy was obsessed with trying to improve the power level of the magnetron tubes so that they could be used to make stronger radar for the Navy. It was while working on a magnetron in 1946 that Percy struck his hand in his pocket to find his peanut cluster bar, remember that? had melted into a gooey, sticky mess. Oh. It wasn't hot in the room or in his pocket, so Percy couldn't understand what had happened to the peanut cluster. So, like a good inventor always does, Percy decided to start running experiments to figure it out. He put an egg underneath a magnetron, and in a few seconds, it exploded, covering his face in gooey yolk. The following day, Percy brought in corn kennels and popped them with a the magnetron. That day, Percy and his coworkers ate the world's first microwaved popcorn. And Percy started working on the first home microwave. Now, when it comes to microwaves, speed is key. So it isn't surprising that a year later, the first commercial microwave showed up in stores. It was called the Radar Range, and it weighed nearly 750 pounds and cost more than $2,000. So yeah, it wasn't a big seller right away. But in 1955, they had figured out how to make the Radar Range small enough to fit in the normal kitchen. But you know what? It still didn't sell. Why not? Well, for one thing, it was expensive. But more importantly, it was scary people couldn't believe that a machine could heat food that fast using invisible waves. 
But like most new things, once people grew to understand it, they stopped being afraid of it. Two decades after its invention, the microwave finally caught on, and by 1975, a million microwaves were being sold every year. Wow! And now, well, they're everywhere, heating up everything. And all because a boy loved to feed squirrels. Hey, look at that! Time's up! We've come to the end of another Kapow's Power of Invention podcast. Come back tomorrow when I'll be covering more inventors and inventions. And while you're waiting, you do realize there are just a slew of shows that take place in Pflugerville, right? It's true! There's Bobby Wonder, who's trying to protect Pflugerville from Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn, inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat Kapow. Hey, that's me! Lucy goes big, and then she goes bigger! Oh, and if you like strange and spooky stories, you should check out R.L. Stein's Story Club. That's a real winner. I'm in the club, so I get to hear all the stories. And you can too. I keep on the lights, folks. Just search for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, or R.L. Stein's Story Club, wherever you get your podcasts. And you'll find your way. And don't forget, Friday's Listener Mailbag. If you've got a question about the world of Go Kid Go shows, Pflugerville, or Lil' Old Me. Send it to Kapow at GoKidGo.com. You might get your question read live on the show. It's very exciting. Have yourself an inventive day. Make something, build something, go big, and then go bigger. Until next time, this is Kapow signing off. Go Kid Go! Go Kid Go!